Welcome to another spectacular word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Tonight, the title of my message tonight is, Where is God? Where is God? In all of this that's going on, you know, I, I know you've recognized that, uh, that the world is in some turmoil. Well, where is God? Where is God in all the midst of this? Tonight we're going to be reading from two books in the Bible. One is the book of Habakkuk. You can turn there if you like. The book of Habakkuk, he was one of the minor prophets. You'll find him toward the end of the Old Testament. And uh, we're going to look at the question of where is God? Habakkuk was a prophet that was called by God. And we get to the very end of the book of Habakkuk in chapter 3. I'll be reading from Habakkuk in the New King James Version tonight. And we get to verse 17, and, and, and this is a, a, a hymn that Habakkuk is writing uh, in conclusion of what God has given him to say to a nation, to the children of Israel, to, 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 to Judah. And here the prophet says in verse 17, Listen to what he's describing. He says, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls. Boy, it sounds like a devastating and disappointing time, doesn't it? Sounds like a time when people have worked pretty hard, but yet you know, they're, they're not seeing any real you know, uh, harvest from their labor, and they're not seeing, you know, uh, it, it looks like a very difficult, tumultuous, problematic time that they're facing. And uh, yet, verse 18 says, when these things present themselves and problems and difficulties and disappointments, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet, like the hind's feet. And he will make me walk on my high heels. <laughs> you know, nothing needs to be added to the hymn of this great prophet because he is seeing an unavoidable trial ahead for the people of God. He's seeing some tough times coming. He's writing a hymn so that they can rehearse it. Because often in the Bible, whether it was the Psalms or in other places, you know, uh, in, in the book of Exodus where Moses and, and, and uh, Miriam, you know, there, there's a song in Exodus 15. And, and here they're, they're rehearsing the goodness of God. Often it does the same thing for us. We encourage ourselves with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We sing and make melody in our heart to the Lord. Here this prophet at the conclusion of the times, he's telling the children of Israel that they're, that they're going to experience some tough times. And, and, and when they do experience these tough times, when these difficult times come, he wants them to understand some things. He wants them to know that yet there is a responsibility that they have. He's telling them that, that they can still trust the Lord. He's telling them as he's speaking by the Holy Spirit, he's encouraging them to have some courage and some confidence even in the midst of difficult days. 
He's telling them even when their expectations are disappointed, even when things didn't turn out like they hoped, and even when they worked hard and had nothing to show for it, and even when it seems that, that the fruit trees are not even bearing of their own, yet they should have courage and confidence in the Lord. You know, today with all the turmoil going on around the world, it's not unimaginable that people might ask, where is God? Where is God in all this that's going on? Has he forgotten us? Has he, has he left us? Is, you know, uh, what is going on? Is he judging us? What is the problem that's going on here? You know, in the times of Israel's greatest trials, as well as their greatest triumphs, God has always been in a very predictable place. And tonight, if I could give you a punchline, if I could tell you where we're going and let you know where we're going to finally end up, I would ask you the question, where is God? And I would answer it uh, you know, uh, with, with, with a better question. Where are you? Where are you? You know, God is right where he's supposed to be. He's in a very predictable place always, whether we are encountering trials or whether we are encountering triumphs. God is always in a very predictable place. God is exactly where he should be. And if I could liken him unto a man for just a moment, I would tell you that, that mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, God is exactly where he should be. Are you? That would not be a better question. God is ever standing at the finish line. He sees the end from the beginning. He's standing at the finish line, and he's, and he's always watching you. He's never forsaken you. He's never forgotten you. He's never abandoned you. And he has sent his Holy Spirit out to walk with you every step of the way. And he is standing at the finish line, the finish line of your current task. He is at the finish line of your life. He is at the finish line of this generation. He is at the finish line of this current war that's going on between Ukraine and Russia. He is at the finish line of every problem. He is at the finish line of eternity. And he there has sent his Holy Spirit and encouraged you to come to him. He is watching you every step of the way. He has never forsaken you. He's not forgotten you. And we can have courage and confidence and our courage and confidence is the result of the trust that we place in God. Always. Our confidence is always based upon the trust we put in God. Where are you? Do you trust God to be able to handle the problems at hand, the circumstances that you may be facing? the situations that you may have encountered, the problems that you have, whether you caused them or whether they came to you seemingly by nature. Are you trusting God? Have you taken Him and made Him the God of your salvation? That's what the prophet Habakkuk said. Yet I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. I will rejoice in the Lord. You know, the Targum says this, and uh, 
I know sometimes we preachers say something that not everyone might have a frame of reference for. Uh, the Targum. Why in the world would a preacher talk about the Targum? Who in the world? If I asked for a show of hands, I don't know. My, four people might know what Targum was. But let me just tell you what it is in general so you'll know whenever we make this small departure where it came from. The Targum, um, about the 5th century it was written probably. But whenever the children of Israel went into captivity, uh, they went uh, to Babylon. And they had been speaking Hebrew, and the scriptures were in Hebrew, and everybody knew Hebrew, and everybody read Hebrew, and everybody understood Hebrew. But when they went into captivity, you know, with, with, um, among the Chaldeans and, and uh, you know, the Babylonians, they, 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 they began to lose connection with their language. They began to lose connection with the roots. And as they, the longer they stayed in captivity, the more they learned the local language, and the more they learned, you know, the local customs. I mean, it's, 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 it's almost like taking Shakespeare today and trying to explain sonnet number you know 129 you know the expensive spirit and a waste of shame is lust in action and when lust is conceived it's murderous perjurious bloody cruel hard not to trust what in the world does he mean by that you know let me not to the marriage of true minds admit impediments for love is not love which alters with alteration finds or bends with the remover to remove what is he talking no it's an ever fixed mark that looks on the tempest and never shaken a star to every wandering bark what in the world is a bark well, in Old English, it's a ship. So if I was going to explain it to you, I would have to tell you that. Because we don't speak Old English. Right? So you miss so much when you don't speak Old English. Well, the children of Israel missed so much when they no longer spoke and understood Hebrew. When you take a Jewish-German and merge those languages, you get Yiddish. <laughs> Who understands that? Okay? You know what I mean? Uh, it, it mixes. And so the language of the, of the children of Israel, the Hebrew, and the language of their captivity, you know, it, 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 it kind of merged and mixed, and it lost some of its strong thought. And so the Targum is, 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 was... First verbally, and there were ten targums, but first verbally, and then, and then in, later in writing, and it's, you know, uh, uh, the, gave a little more explanation, almost like reading a paraphrased Bible. Does that make sense? And so here in Habakkuk, the, the, the phrase out of Habakkuk 3.18, but the word of the Lord, uh, but, 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 but uh, you know, I will rejoice in the Lord, is... The explanation of that from the Targum is that I will rejoice in the word of the Lord. Trying to explain it to the Hebrew people, what was actually meant in its deepest understanding of the Hebrew in that day is that you have a personal and a substantial word from God that you can put your trust in and that you can rejoice in. The reason you can afford to rejoice in times of trouble when there is no harvest in the field, whenever the flocks are no longer uh, producing a fold, whenever your disappointments come, troubles come, tragedies, unexplainable and unavoidable problems are in your life, what you can do is yet rejoice because you have a personal and a substantial 
word and promise from God that he's not going to leave you in the problem he's not going to leave you under the pressure that despite what it may look like he has a plan and everything is in his hands and there's not one thing happening without his notice and he is bringing you along he's standing at the finish line and he's reaching out to you and helping you with every step and this world may be crumbling around you but yet God will sustain you. And you can be happy according to the measure of trust that you place in the word of the Lord. God has told us over and over that he has it. That he, you know, I've read the last page. He wins. Do I trust that? I have read that he will never leave me and never forsake me. Do I trust that? I have read that when my ways please the Lord, he will make even my enemies to be at peace with me. Do I trust that? Do I trust the fact that in whom he hath begun a good work, he will perfect it? Do I trust that he daily loads me with benefits? Do I trust that he is speaking behind the scenes to my enemies and he is giving me favor, that goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life? Do I trust in the Lord so that I do not forget all of his benefits, who heals all my diseases, who redeems my life from destruction, who crowns me with loving kindness, and tender mercies so that my strength is renewed like the eagles do I trust the Lord and his substantial personal word to me um, God has sent his Holy Spirit as I said to be with us every step of the way and though the world around us may crumble and fall and though our labor may not seem to produce the harvest we hoped yet God will continue to be the strength of our life and he will make our steps secure you know God offers to lead us above the circumstance that surrounds us he's offering God every day is offering to lead us above the circle that's he'll he'll make our feet like the deer's feet and he will take us to our high places he will take me to my high place. he's willing and offering to lead me mentally emotionally spiritually he is offering to lead me above my circumstances of life he's willing to give me an attitude of rejoicing even in the midst of the problems he is willing to give me victory in my situation before I see victory over my situation he can make me happy even in the midst of a storm because I trust in him doesn't make it easy by the way Faith does not make things easy. Faith makes things possible. Faith and my trust in God does not make my infirmities easy. It makes healing possible. And healing first in my heart and in my mind as I reach to Him who stands at the finish line of my worst day, encouraging me and cheering me on that's the God we serve.
Tonight I told you we're going to look at a passage also in the book of Genesis. There's an account in Genesis chapter 22 of Abraham, our father of faith. He was facing a difficult, a very difficult, almost unimaginable trial of his life. In consideration of the whole account, we find God using Abraham to teach us one of the greatest lessons that we could ever learn about faith, about our trust in him. You see, when Abraham was about 100 years old, he received a promised son. His wife, Sarah, delivered Isaac, her firstborn, something that had been promised to Abraham more than 25 years earlier. Over the next 30 years, the child, they raised the child, and, and there came a time whenever God instructed Abraham to take his promised son Isaac and to take him to a place I will show you, God said. It's in the mountains of Moriah, the mountain range of Moriah, and there I want you to sacrifice your son. Abraham, who is called our father of faith in Romans by the Apostle Paul, you know, uh, he did not, I, I don't care what movie you have seen, he did not argue with God. He didn't beat his fist on a rock and he didn't scream and cry and, 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 and curse the earth. He obeyed God. That's why he's our father of faith. He trusted God even in an unimaginable situation and trial of life. He gathered the things that he needed to accomplish what God had requested, uh, and he promptly left with his son the next morning. We pick up the account in Genesis chapter 22. It reads so much better than I can tell it, so let me read it beginning at verse 3. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. He split the wood for a burnt offering and rose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. Verse 5, And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. He took the fire in his hand and a knife, and two of them went together. Now, uh, if, if, if you've heard me ever share on this passage before, you know that, that, uh, that here Isaac is representative of Jesus, the Messiah to come, taking the wood on his shoulder and walking up there uh, on one of the mountain ranges and Mount Moriah, what happens to be uh, at the pinnacle of that uh, you know, Jerusalem sets the temples on that mountain, and there is Mount Calvary. It's, it's not just a picture. It is a, it is a presentation of what's going to happen some 2,000 years later. Verse number 7. And Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. Then Isaac said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. Very important to mark that in your mind right there. They came to the place where God had told him to go. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Now bear in mind, Isaac is somewhere between 30 and 35 years old here. 
I think he could have took the old man. The old man was 135. He's 100 years older than Isaac. About the time he started to tie me up, I would think, hold on a second now. <laughs> what you? you know, but this is a picture of Isaac trusting his father as Abraham was trusting his father, as Jesus would trust his father, as we should trust ours. Here is the picture. He laid him on an altar upon the wood. Verse 10, And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. And the angel said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. Now, let me tell you for just a moment, you know, I, I've not seen God in any other instance, perhaps, un, unless it was in the creation, of seven days of creation. I, I don't know. But in no other instance did I see God, you know, fold his arms and blink his eyes or he and Jesus jump up and hit their Shazam rings together or anything else on that line. I don't know to just make anything pow. I fully believe that when we read the book of Jonah and find out that Jonah was cast overboard into a raging sea that the words there that follow and God had prepared a great fish I believe that that realization that God prepares ahead of time and God already knew and I think that fish was not just materialized at that moment I believe that fish was you know uh, uh, grew up as a little fish and you know escaped the dangers of life and continued to grow and grew into a great and mighty fish that was under the hand and the guidance and the destiny of God I don't know of another way I don't think that this thicket bush here in Genesis 22 just miraculously appeared and I don't think that the ram just just all of a sudden God boom I think this ram was reasonably and naturally uh, born and, and grew and grew the horns and the bush grew. And at the appointed time of destiny, the ram was right exactly on the right heel at the right time at the right moment where God told Abraham to be in the right time at the right moment at the right place. And all things work together for that moment. I think God is that exact I think he's that much in control I think he's that much aware of everything my goodness there's even a book being recorded the Bible says we will give an account of even every idle word that we speak do you know how many words I speak in a day I speak nearly probably you know uh, ooh, probably almost a tenth of what my wife does <laughs> oh my I think I just upped it by a few hundred wasn't that funny I thought that was funny she didn't think it was funny but, I thought it was funny. but anyway okay back to the word okay now God knows everything he knows everything where is God in my predicament where is God in my situation where is God 
well, where are you? Because God is exactly where he told you to be. That's where he'll always be. God will always be waiting for you right where he told you to be. Right where he wants you to be. It may not seem easy. The journey may not be the easiest thing you've ever done. You may not even you know, realize it sometimes, sometimes that the steps that you are taking are leading somewhere important. But when we do realize it, when we do have an encounter with God, whenever we do, as Abraham heard from God, whenever we do hear from God, we become responsible to think the thoughts he says to think and to say the words he wants us to say and to to feel the way that he wants us to feel to go where he wants us to go to do what he wants us to do because destiny can be at stake and we will always find god when we are where he told us to be getting off of the path how tragic it would have been and it has happened over and over and over to so many people in life but how tragic it would have been for abraham to have grown tired and weary during his journey and stopped one day short or just decided that that i i feel like god wants me there but you know i'm just going to keep going for another mile because I got it in me, because I want to prove something to God. Do you know, uh, God said, that's the place I want you to be. And it wasn't easy, and it, and, and, and it, was, it was three days' journey, and he walked up. You know, but, but all of a sudden, he found something that he would have found in no other place. He found a ram prepared by the hand of God. He found something there to rejoice in, even though he was in an unimaginable circumstance, even though he was no doubt, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, wondering why. Here he found God. He found the God of his salvation, a picture of Jesus Christ, this ram caught in a thicket by his horns, as he looked down the hill, I, I can easily imagine, and I'm free to imagine. This is not the word of God, but I'm free to imagine. He was looking right down in that courtyard where Jesus was caught by his horns, by his regals, by his kingliness in that thicket, in that quagmire of lies, in that quagmire of being sentenced to death. And he brought him up to that altar, and there... He became a sacrifice for Isaac's life. What an exchange. Verse 14 as we conclude this. And Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh. Wow. The Lord will provide. You know, isn't that great? As it is said to this day, what does Jehovah-Jireh mean? In the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Yes, it shall. What shall be provided in the mount of the Lord? Well, in that mount of the Lord, you know, salvation would be provided. 
it was provided for me and you but always this concept is true this is a truth when you are where God wants you to be you will find the provision that God has for you you will find he was already there waiting on you you may not see it till the last moment you may not you know it may not come to your attention until seemingly very late in the game but God is not slack concerning his promises as some men count slackness what will be provided in the mount of the Lord everything that we need every provision of God don't think that God has failed you don't think that God has forgotten you don't think that because you may be in some war torn country don't think that just because you are perhaps divided from your family or maybe right now you're huddled in some corner don't think that just because you know you 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 have been abused misused mistreated don't don't think that just because you lost your job or that or that 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 you're separated from loved one don't think that god has forgotten where you are don't think that God doesn't know your plight and your trouble. Don't think for one moment that God has forgotten to provide for you what he needs you to do, even though you know, the olive may fail and, and the fig tree and the vines and, 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 and the folds, the sheep may not fold, even though difficulty may come, yet provision is in the mount of the Lord. When Abraham arrived where God wanted him to be, everything he needed was already there waiting on him. It always is. God stands at the finish line. The journey may at times be hidden from us. And at times the journey may be difficult. But God is waiting. He is waiting. He is where he told you to be he is where you are supposed to be God says I am right where you are supposed to be I am right where I wanted you to be God says I am always right where I told you to be it may not seem like it at first it may not seem like it for a while but don't despair most likely you are more in the will of God than you give yourself credit. What does God want you to do in the midst of your turmoil, in the midst of your difficult situation, in the midst of your dilemma, before you see the provision, before you, 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 you see deliverance, while you are in the midst of a moment, a difficult moment, what does God require of you? The same thing the prophet Habakkuk said. The same thing we see in Abraham. Number one, God wants you to trust him. He's not lost control of the outcome. Okay? God holds both the journey and the destiny secure in his hands. Number one, God wants you to trust him. He wants you to trust him today. He wants you to trust him now. He wants you to trust him with your future. Number two, God wants you to rejoice in him. That may be at times the expression of your trust in him. It can be difficult. But many times we need to realize that it's not over. God has this, and I am going to see. You know, I would have fainted had not I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Don't faint. Trust God and rejoice in the personal and substantial promises of His Word. And then number three, God wants you to encourage others. 
it's incumbent upon us it's incumbent upon us to let others know encourage others around us so many people are in despair so many people are in trouble they're in difficult circumstances situations that are unavoidable and some of them unimaginable be the voice from heaven that will encourage others to trust God your confidence and your courage will be the direct results of your trust in God trust him he will always do his part where are you are you where God told you to be doing what he told you to do in situations just like this you can be the truth is you're only one decision away from being in the perfect will of God tonight you're one decision away from being in the perfect will of God you said how could I be in the perfect will of God one decision one decision you know whatever got you where you are is immaterial in this moment put your trust in God begin to rejoice in the God of your salvation he's at the finish line and he has everything you need he will not be late hey thanks again for joining us for another powerful message from Pastor Ron Hemmons visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date as well Receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.